friends. Welcome back to Very Good Enough. Hi, I'm Jessica Hover. My friends call me Jess. And I'm Lane Dealing Trilland. I already said the Very Good Enough part. So. Yeah, this is a podcast from Very Good Mothers Club. And today's style is going to be a little more cozy than we've been in recent episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been doing interviews. So yeah. how cozy can you be via Zoom? Not as cozy. No, not, not as, as cozy. cozy. We've been close together, which has yeah. been very cute for me. Mm-hmm. I like to feel you like right next I to like me. I like that That's as well. Very it is comforting. <laughs> Sometimes we're nervous going into it. I'm sweaty. Yeah. But feeling you is is less scary. Yeah, it yeah. feels very like we're very in it together. Yeah. And those have been fun. It's been so they have fun. Been fun. Um, but it has been funny to be having all these conversations about these big, interesting topics mm-hmm. and sharing them with yeah. our audience. But you and I don't really talk about them. Right. You know, like before, the whole setup has just been like this very direct you mm-hmm. and me and them. Yeah. But now that there's this other person, it's just like the dynamic. It's just funny to have like we've been a party to the same big cool conversations yes. and yet we haven't like processed delved them. into those conversations totally together which totally. is funny so it's exciting to be here today with yes. just you and me again it is and we're going to talk about something we really care about mm-hmm. and you have us facing each other a little bit more mm-hmm. she started off by saying she really respects the feedback that you want to see us facing you but there is something very natural to having a conversation where you like look at each other yeah. and talk to each other so today's style is going to be more like that a little more cozy. Yep. A little more podcast. A little more podcast. Yeah. So what are we talking about? Oh, gosh. It's so nice to look at you. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so we had a conversation super recently that got cut for time, frankly, mm-hmm. about the name of our podcast. You were saying yes. that you had been getting some feedback about the name. Um, positive feedback. That people positive like it. Positive feedback. Just yes. Um, people tell me that, too, that they, they like it, that it feels comfy, that yeah. it feels like, like – even without listening to the episode or any episode, sorry – um, I've gotten feedback like, oh my gosh, I love that name of a podcast. Like that sounds so good. So right. Yeah. You should listen. They should listen. Yeah. Um, I like it too. And we picked it at the beginning because it's kind of a play on Very Good Mothers Club, mm-hmm. but then it's also mixed with a uh, kind of a play on this idea of the good enough mother, yeah. which is like a psychology principle from the fifties. And so I thought today we could sort of tease out both of those ideas a little Mm -hmm. bit more, have you talk a little more about where that came from on the Very Good Mothers Club side, and Mm -hmm. then I'll talk a little bit more about like this concept of what the Very Good Mother is Yeah, and go from there. Great. Cool. Yeah. Jessica, why did you pick this name for your business? The It's very long, guys. It takes way too long to type. And had <laughs> I known, I would have I bought VGMC.com. But alas, mm. someone else bought it after we started Very Good Mothers Club. Oh, no. I actually think I know who did. And um, if I want to buy it, then it's going to cost me way more money than I have. And yeah. so if you want to just type out Very Good Mothers Club and know that I'm new at this. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how that goes. Um very Good Mothers Club. Okay, it sort of actually started as a joke, a series of jokes. So I have Eloise. Uh, she was an only child for four years till her sibling arrived, and then immediately after, another one arrived. And so I had a lot of time to make mistakes and love her deeply as I was making mistakes. Yeah. Some, some mistakes uh, that we talk about have been like – Pushing a stroller with a hot coffee, you hit a curb, hot coffee spills on baby's head, she Such cries. A classic. Yeah, so classic. Um, she did not get burned. She yeah. is okay. 
she immediately recovered. But like that was too bad. Oops. That mm-hmm. was, yeah. And um, another one was not buckling her car seat into the car. So I turned and the whole car seat flipped over. Oh. She didn't even cry. In fact, she said more. <laughs> like she <laughs> loved it. And um, no, I should say the first time that happened, she wasn't old enough to talk. The second time it happened, <laughs> which means I did it twice uh-huh. to the same child, she was old enough to ask for more. Um Yeah, so as I was telling her these stories, like she's old enough. I mean, now she's eight. But when we started Very Good Mothers Club, she was like five. Um, Yeah, I think she was five. She was old enough to laugh with me about things her very good mother did. And I would like have an accent like, your very good mother did (laughs) this thing. And she would laugh so hard and like, tell me another one. And uh, yeah, so it just kind of became this idea like, what if it was this cute sort of club of very good moms who really try. I'm not like a negligent mother. These mistakes weren't happening while I was, uh, you know, being careless about my child. I actually was quite careful and yet made really mm-hmm. dumb mistakes that were funny. And uh, and actually, I was just telling Lane that this week or last week, I got Eloise to school late um, again. <laughs> and I was wearing a very good Mother's Club sweatshirt. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is not the day to be wearing this like big font, very good Mother's Club as I walk her into their office. And they're like, oh, Eloise is here again. Great. <laughs> and even Eloise was laughing at that. Um, but it is just like the right reminder to you that I name it that sort of like tongue in cheek like Mm -hmm. you are a very good mom you try hard and and almost like I want to speak it over you like I want you to be able to identify with that because I also get that sometimes where it'll be like well I can't join very good mothers club like I my baby rolled off the bed that was literally a mom said that to me my baby rolled off the bed and she was like teary-eyed she's like I don't think I can be a part of your community and I'm like join like find out how many of our babies have rolled off the bed mine has all of them yes almost all of happens all the time to the most caring, careful parent. Your baby suddenly gets the strength of a ninja (laughs) and catapults and is pretty fine most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Watch now. I'm going to be getting comments back. Well, well, I once heard of a baby who wasn't fine. Okay. Everybody's heard of a baby who wasn't fine just to start. Totally not a thing that we want to happen. That's why we cry when this happens. Absolutely. That's why it's scary. That's why it makes you feel like you're not a very good mom because you really don't want that to happen. And yet I would be willing to bet all of the not very much money in my bank account that you rolled off your bed and that I rolled off my bed when we were babies. Because that's what babies do. They do suddenly wake up with the strength of a thousand men. Yes. And they They do roll off the bed. Or they launch off off the bed. bed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that happened to one of my kids and my husband was on the bed, eyes open, right there and it just happened all of a sudden and I was filled with rage at him and then I was like (laughs) wait a second and then um, I was humbled when that happened to a baby in my own presence and then I was like I'm really sorry about the time that I got upset at you for uh, that thing that you didn't see coming at all yeah yeah, it's something that I feel like if you are the type of parent who cares about whether or not you're a good parent Mm -hmm. you're probably a good parent Mm -hmm. if I guess I'm going to generalize majorly, but I'm guessing the people who would be identified as not good parents probably aren't giving much thought to being good parents. That's very generalized statement. Mm -hmm. But if you're listening to a podcast or reading a Mm -hmm. book or seeking out resources to help in parenting, um, I would say 
that's good parenting, like yeah. learning how you can be good at this role. Um, so yeah, very good mother's invited club. to the club. Totally, totally. Point, right? Yeah. And, um, and then I also have like this image of my, my grandparents, my, my grandma and grandpa were in a bowling league and they had these like cute nicknames and these cute shirts. And I just thought like, wouldn't it be so cute if very good mother's club could sort of like be that sort of like the, even the font that we use, the like cursive was like the bowling league cursive that was um, in my memory from that. And so, yeah, I just wanted it to be like this kind of timeless, like very good mother's club that includes like grandmas and Mm -hmm. the new moms and all of us in between. And it is something that we speak over ourselves that we're good at. And Mm -hmm. also that we understand that, to be very good is just to be a parent who loves your kid and tries and being a very good mom is going to be like some days you're very good is like you made a lunch that looked like a hippopotamus and it was like so amazing and you took a photo and incredible and then sometimes it's just like you fed your kids like they're pigeons and you're like please just eat this thing and Uh also they're fed (laughs) (laughs) well done yeah so yeah yeah. That's that. I love that. Yeah. I like the idea that in order to be part of Very Good Mothers Club, like the only threshold would be that you have to be ready to accept that moniker mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. And when I think about it, like sensorily, mm-hmm. that's not the word, but like um, – <laughs> Like when you get in a super hot shower yeah. and it sort of stings you for a second, but it's exactly what you want. Like a hot shower on a mm-hmm. super cold so day good. and it's warming you up and you're like, Ooh, this mm-hmm. is what I want. Oh my gosh. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. I like the idea that you have to sort of step into this mm-hmm. like, oh, yes, mm-hmm. I am yeah. a part of the very good mother's group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But even when I wear it sometimes, especially the one, I have this gray one with like the big blue font. Yeah, this is very so good. Cute. I love that. It is cute. I love it. Well done, Becca, yeah. who made that. I want one um, of those, but I'm not a mom, so I don't You can have one. Like... Becca wears it. Come on. Does she? Of course okay, she. Okay, I'm going to get one then. Lame. <laughs> is this the exact same thing? Oh my gosh, she works here. You work here. You could just I know, say, I work here. But and your team, you're on the know. team, you support. That's true. You support them. And like people wear stuff all the time. People wear college shirts oh they didn't God, attend, so city true. shirts they never been to. Okay, when I see someone wearing a Juilliard sweatshirt 100% of, time, 100% of the time, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. you didn't go there. No, no. You didn't go there. People who. People who did go there mm-hmm. are like people who went to Harvard mm-hmm. who say, I went to school in, I don't even know where mm-hmm. it is. I went to school in Massachusetts. I went to school in Rhode Island. Yeah. Where, where's Harvard? Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever it is. <laughs> I guess this is they when always, we break it like, to you that we didn't go is, to Harvard. Like, no, I'm sorry to tell you, but in fact. <laughs> this is the first time they're finding out we didn't go to Harvard. didn't go to Harvard. Shoot. I didn't finish college. Yeah. Anyways. Comedy people on podcasts yeah. who are like who are like mm-hmm. on the Harvard Lampoon are always like, I went to school and wherever. And mm-hmm. people are like, oh, so Harvard. Yeah. I feel like Juilliard people are the same, but you see people wearing Juilliard yeah. sweatshirts. Exactly. False. Exactly. Anyways, so that's it. I don't want to be this Juilliard poser. No, you <laughs> got to like be wearing mom. very good Mother's Club but, sweatshirts. Okay. You're I'm just on the team. And then they're like, do you have kids? And you're like, no, but I'm for you if I, you have them. That's so true. I am for you. Yeah. yeah. I know that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I can't believe Lane isn't wearing a shirt. <laughs> Anyways, the sweatshirt is so cute it's and so you wear cute. it out in public and it does keep reminding you to be like, yeah, a thing happened today, yeah. but I am still part of the club. Yeah, exactly. It's cool. It's cool. You're cool. You're so cool. <laughs> I love, so I you love what you do. I love when your work. you wear your sweatshirt. <laughs> you. I'm going to bring one next time we record. That's so um, nice. Um, okay. So that's the Very Good Mothers Club side. Which is so fun. It it's is so cheeky, fun. sweet, inclusive, mm-hmm. almost a little confronting in a lovely way of yeah. like, let's confront the parts of you that are trying to 
be shadowy and hide yeah. yourself and, and yeah. speak down to you. Like, no, we're going to shine like really bright light mm-hmm. on it, mm-hmm. which I do feel like is mm-hmm. the kind of person that you are. And it makes yeah. sense that that would be reflected in your business. <gasps> Can I say something about that too? Of Sean pointed out last night, Sean's like really into you guys as parents and like supporting what you're doing right now. But he was like, you know, we kind of live in this culture where moms are supposed to act like they're not moms, you know? Uh And he's like, it's kind of interesting because you guys, this and just very good mothers club as a, as a, whatever it is, is like trying to provide a space where we're not saying that you're only moms, obviously you're many more things, but basically like you can proudly be one and be everything else that you are. And he was like, I think that's really healthy because so many moms are put in this thing of like, okay, have a baby, but immediately return to work and immediately Mm -hmm. return to fitness and Mm -hmm. immediately return to Mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't know, something, I think this, where this stemmed from was we heard a guy comment on like a girl's appearance and like, well, now that she's a mom, like, will she find anyone if she's ever single again? Cause Ew. yeah. And we're, and Sean was like, mm-hmm. so you guys, oh. you guys did a murder and then you had yeah, this so we murdered him. <laughs> <laughs> buried him. <laughs> I hope you guys can find him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh. I know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that's the other thing is like to have a bold name that is a bit confronting the way you're mm-hmm. saying maybe is healthy in a culture that's like, I don't know, it sort of feels like you go either way. You either are only mom. You're right. like, oh, my gosh, look at that person. She has no identity outside of motherhood, right. which how are we even to know that? Maybe that's just only her social media persona or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, or the other side of like, she's a mom, but she really can't act like it because it would really jeopardize her work relationships or her social relationships mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So, but the very good enough podcast, did you think of that? Mm-hmm. Or was that out? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I spent a lot of time. I played with a lot of things. We actually went through like a lot of phases of like funny things. There mm-hmm. was, dang, there was a funny one from the beginning trying to remember I can see the graphic that I made where it was like a long title mm-hmm. and I had it sort of like falling into this coffee cup for you oh that's it cute. was like um oh shoot it was a thing of like something funny that you said and other not true things about life with kids oh, like interesting. what was that it was like moms can't or oh it's kids ruin lives kids ruin lives mm-hmm. and other yeah things okay. that aren't true about parenting yes. or something like that so for a, oh, for yeah, a minute cute. it was gonna yeah, be the kids cute. ruin lives podcast uh-huh. um but <laughs> super encouraging <laughs> yeah it felt funny yeah and, but maybe yeah, like yeah. a little sharper sure than we want to be i also felt pretty self-conscious about being <laughs> not a mom and having, <laughs> having a podcast called kids ruin lives that just felt like a little that's much funny like, little much. yeah that's a good point You're um, smart. you know smart. it's a lot it's yeah. it's sunny but i also yeah it's very possible to hurt people's feelings. Totally. Uh, happens. Totally. A lot. And the way that name happened, which we didn't use, by the way, though, is because that's literally what I thought. And it's it's mm-hmm. it came from growing up and having one of my parents say repeatedly, like, I was fine mm-hmm. until I had kids or mm-hmm. I was I was good until I had kids. I was healthy until I had kids. I was a healthy weight. I was healthy right. mindset. So there was this idea that I really strongly held yeah. that having kids would ruin my life. Yeah. And it was something that was like a point of tension in my marriage. Sean was really excited to be a parent. And I was like, I don't think you understand. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what ruins lives. Yeah. And then arriving into parenthood, even in the midst of struggling, which many of you know, I struggled hard after having Eloise, she didn't ruin my life. She yeah. like way made my life so like better in ways I couldn't even understand. And it's actually taken years to even make sense of it because some of it is just transitioning into 
the new version of what you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that it's like, it's a joke, but it's also a belief system that I really had, which mm-hmm. was not very helpful <laughs> and yeah. created a lot of fear when it came to having kids. Yeah. I think now that we're reflecting on it, I think we probably, this was part of that, that now <laughs> legendary long conversation mm-hmm. that we had on your bed the first time that we met oh, yeah. for hours yeah. and we talked about, I think we talked about that very thing yeah, because yeah. I also extrapolated that idea from mm-hmm. looking at and listening to the women around when I was a little child mm-hmm. and it took a long time and honestly like a lot of working with parents and families and kids mm-hmm. until I could see enough kinds of mothers and parents mm-hmm. and lives and structures totally. to sort of like work that all the way yeah. out and probably there is a little kernel in the back that is mm-hmm. still like but but my life though right but, sure. like, but if I do it sure. it'll, I will you know like there's yeah. probably a little nugget of that yeah still slowly in there because maybe you actually have to just go ahead and have the child in order to like really smash that belief all the way down well and I think it happened for every kid I had where Mm. it was like well I can handle one but two this one oh no but two but Mm. then three Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's the same you're like kind of waiting for it to happen like when does it happen yeah 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 my experience it doesn't no yeah no for a lot of people Mm -hmm. no I think there have to be other factors Mm -hmm. and other kinds of beliefs involved Mm -hmm. in order for that experience Mm -hmm. to happen because Mm -hmm. of course we got that from somewhere Mm -hmm. some some people do feel that way yeah or that is their experience but I think it's more that a lot of things in life didn't go the way that one hoped or or a bunch of stuff happened in your life including this like monumental change of now having these children and so that's probably the one that gets the most visibility yeah yeah I think if you if you understand that having kids will absolutely transform your life Mm -hmm. it is totally transformational um then it doesn't need to ruin your life but if you go into it thinking you'll be the same Mm -hmm. you will have an experience that it feels like motherhood may have ruined what I was before that life yes you know because it's like well though having one child you can still do many of the things that you did before so there maybe is less and and like resources are such a thing because like if you have a lot of resources I have people in my life who I have learned now have like night nurses and we should interview a night nurse on the podcast because I am so fascinated by that topic yeah yeah my friend in Colorado just didn't even know that they existed but Uh if you so you might not know that I just learned like last year because yeah. now we're in LA and people have yeah, them. Yeah, they have them. I never have had one, but what a gift. So they are people who take care of your baby at night while you sleep and like uh-huh. feed them and go, get up with your newborn. Um, and so then you get sleep. Yeah. And yeah, if you have resources, then having kids maybe wouldn't actually shift your life around that much because sure. you would have, but you'd still be, it's still like having your heart outside of your body, like totally. where if something happens to them, it is, you feel like you can't breathe. Totally. Um, Anyway, we're yeah. kind of going on that, but yeah. you get it. I yeah. think I think having kids ruins something, but I'm only using that word because like you have to ruin something to grow something. Like right. with a plant, you like cut off the dead one so that the new one can grow. Mm-hmm. Having a baby is is cutting something, right? But then growth happens, and the growth is way prettier than the thing prior. Yeah. Um, and then obviously I speak with tenderness because if you really greatly desire kids and, and are not getting pregnant, right. you 
uh, might feel like that's ruining your life. Yeah. And that's really awful too. Um, so many things. Yeah. Like well, so anyways, if this was the name of our podcast, we also would probably be doing a whole entire <laughs> lot of episodes. <laughs> We're like changing it this. <laughs> We're talking about what our episode isn't called. But we meant yeah. <laughs> to be talking about Very Good Enough. Yeah, talk uh, about that. Which I did come up with, but I think it really like, honestly, things got narrowed down in the design phase of like mm-hmm. me just trying to make a reasonable graphic to yeah. like kick a podcast off yeah, yeah. It's such a such a fun thing I'm getting far enough away from the beginning of this because we really are coming up on a year mm-hmm. um to be like reflecting back on the beginning yeah. but this idea of the very good mother is something that has uh I mean I read about it in school mm-hmm. many many years ago mm-hmm. for I did go to some school mm-hmm. though I did not completed degree. Mm-hmm. I got plenty of school in order to do my job very well. And then I just continued reading and studying yeah. while doing the thing of yeah. early childhood education. You are a highly educated person. <laughs> Thank I you. want to speak that out <laughs> because if anyone's like, oh, she doesn't have a degree, I know. who is she to talk about that? You can it's, read all of the same books that a college tells you to read. Uh-huh. I have done it before. I've gone on and been like, what books are all these people reading who are getting psychology degrees? Yeah. And then I've read the books. I have downloaded syllabuses, syllabi. And worked my way through college yes, syllabus. Exactly. Syllabi. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, I don't. You're think very I would... educated. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Anyways, have blown. Have like gently sort of blown past that. Mm-hmm. This the gentleman. The gentleman who coined the term "very good mother" or mm-hmm. "good enough mother." Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Donald Winnicott. Okay. He's a psychoanalyst in the fifties, and uh. I like, you know, like you get a little bit of all of the different kinds of theories of growth and development Mm -hmm. as you study um, and get like qualified to do that job. But so it's like always been there in the like this little kernel of the back. So just the it really was kind of just a play on words for me of Mm -hmm. like, oh, you have this very good mother's club, but there's also this concept of this good enough mom. Yeah. And only now am I really like maybe go like flesh out that foundation and mm. understand more that thing that you named your whole podcast right. offering right. about. So I'm reading some of – I'm reading one of his books right now and it is <laughs> dense. It is it's dense. Okay. Um, a dense material because psychoanalysts write for other psychoanalysts. Yes. So I'm working my way through it but it's uh, – you're it's, not a psychoanalyst yeah. is what you're saying? No. Okay. But I, so hold I, on. You didn't go to Harvard and you're not a psychoanalyst? And you're not even a mom? Sorry, Jessica. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I so what? deeply misrepresented myself <laughs> to you and yeah. to all of you folks out there no, listening. Not I'm even just a, a lady who is like, if I may, really fucking good at teaching preschool. Absolutely. I'm like really good at that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I got into this job accidentally and was like, mm-hmm. it aligned with something inside of me mm-hmm. in such a way that I was like, whoa, I need to know everything about mm-hmm. two-year-olds. Yeah. And I know most things about two-year-olds mm-hmm. and then a lot of things that branch out and around and mm-hmm. create a big, nice globe and dome of knowledge and understanding yeah. with like two-year-olds at the center. Yeah. Um, and you have a real heart to help their parents understand them yeah. and feel good inside of parenting them, Yeah, which sets I don't you up really well to think that do this. Parents need to be doing all that I'm describing right? in the spending all this time with the two-year-olds and creating this dome and globe right, of right. knowledge and understanding about this one thing. Yeah. That's actually something that I can do in part because I'm not a parent. Exactly. Like I have the space and the perspective. I have gotten to see so many different kinds of parents and Mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds of Mm two-year-olds and therefore that many 
hundreds more of individual adults who come mm-hmm. in pairs with these two-year-old, right. right? Like there's so much there that it's like my pleasure and my joy to know about mm-hmm. and to just be able to be like, let me amplify this one thing for you guys yeah. while you go be the mama. I totally can't tell you how to like be this little child's yeah. mama, but I can tell you what this child is and what mm-hmm. they're like. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you what this gentleman, Donald Winnicott, thought about how they develop and how you mm-hmm. – be there with them in this development and what they need to do in order to be with you and then get separate from you so that they can be themselves. Mm, Like it's really good. This is what we can offer here. Yeah. So Donald Winnicott. So Donald Winnicott. Okay. First, before we jump straight into this, I want to just talk about the word enough for a second, because colloquially when we talk about things being good enough, we often are like, it's like good enough. You know, it's like it's it's good enough. So we'll just I don't know, just get it like good enough. I'm I guess like as if it's not actually great. Yes, as if it's like like, sub. It'll get by and not very good. Yeah, good enough is like not very good. Yeah, when in fact, if we think about it, the word I pulled the like the I very rarely go to the dictionary, but Mm -hmm. I want to like really put a fine point on like what it means enough Mm -hmm. because when we separate it from the word good and we talk about being enough, Mm -hmm. we actually have a very different idea about what that means. Mm -hmm. We're like really striving to show one another like, no, you're enough. Yeah. Like we speak about that really differently. You have a tattoo. You are enough. Yes. It's on my Yes. And the guy who gave it to me, this is just a detail. He was speaking in Spanish. He thought I didn't understand. And his friend was like, the line is crooked. And he said, I'm not a perfectionist in in Spanish. And I was like, you kind of want your tattoo artist to be a perfectionist. (laughs) But at that point, the line was already crooked. (laughs) So my tattoo is just good enough. Yeah. (laughs) It's enough. It gets the point across, right? <laughs> Every time we see it, we read the yeah. words and we go, yeah, you're yeah, enough. Anyway. Um, yeah. yeah. But so like this is what enough means, right? Yes. In, <clears throat> in a quantity <laughs> or degree that answers a purpose or satisfies a need and desire sufficiently or fully. Mm. So if we're good enough, it means that we are good in a quantity that answers the purpose. Mm-hmm. We're good in a degree that satisfies the need, that satisfies the desire. Mm-hmm. To be good enough is to be sufficiently good or mm-hmm. fully good, mm-hmm. right? If you fill something up with enough water, it's the right amount of water. Yeah, it's, full. it's what you need. It's the yeah. satisfying amount of water. Mm-hmm. It's full. Yeah. So to be good enough is to be good sufficiently. I am sufficiently mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. at this. And that is different from perfect. And I want to talk about perfect in a minute, mm-hmm. but like good enough is like, there's enough good here. Mm-hmm. That's a that's like, yeah. I want to use all these superfluous words, but that would destroy the point, right? I want to totally. be like, that's perfect. That's yeah. amazing. That No, no, it's no, good, it's good enough. enough. It's Satisfying. enough good. Yeah. So I want to I want to talk about like the enoughness, hold that in your mind mm-hmm. when we talk about Donald Winnicott talking about a good enough mother, mm-hmm. because there's a way to say, she, I mean, she's a good enough mother mm-hmm. or to say like, she's a good enough mother. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are, we yeah. hold those really differently. And so I just want to like right. really put this other one in the middle and say like, like we're talking that. about good enough. Mm-hmm. Whoa. She's like good enough. Yeah. <sighs> it's so, so beautiful. Good. Okay. I worked myself up there for a second. So, um, in, 
this like psychology term. So Donald Winnicott is a gentleman who was a pediatrician and a psychoanalyst, which is like to be a psychoanalyst, you got to go to more school than to just be like a psychologist or okay. like a psychotherapist. It's okay. like kind of the, the most school that you can be to do the psychology, right? It's like psychoanalytics. And so his study as like a practicing pediatrician and then a student of psychology or a studier of psychology, I guess you should say, is all of this time with mothers and babies forever. So he like really focused in on like this relationship between mother and baby. And when you talk about things in psychology spaces, they also kind of take on this archetypal meaning. So we're going to talk about mother, but, and and it does mostly literally mean mother, but we also are talking about caregiver, right? We're talking about like my primary person. And that's going to be some dad. And if a baby spends a lot of time in a childcare center, Mm -hmm. like those secondary people Mm -hmm. are are obviously going to have less of an impact than this initial person, but, but also you. Right. Okay. And also me. Right. So like when I'm I'm studying these things, I'm just the adult, like mm-hmm. the adult in the classroom. So I know forever like I'm the secondary caregiver. So yeah. it's going to be less of this. But the archetype of it is mm-hmm. we're talking about the impact. You know, we're taking okay. things to this like basic, almost kind of symbolic sense okay. to be like, these are how the two things relate to each other. Mm-hmm. And if you're the mother and that's the baby, it's you all the way. And if you're the dad and it's the baby, it's like mostly you. Mm -hmm. And then if you're the secondary caregiver, it's like a lot less you and the baby. But like these are how these things relate to each other, right? Got it. So what an infant wants is for its every single discomfort to be alleviated right this second, Mm. right? They're like, just little experiencers like they're not even like I was gonna say experience machines but they're not even mechanical Mm. like they're just this feeling all they are is like I am sometimes alert and conscious and here and then I fade away from that which is to fall asleep yeah and then I come back into it and I'm just a little tiny experiencer Mm -hmm. of things so when something doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. they just want it to not be that anymore they, all they are is like a feeling. So they want to feel good and they don't want to feel bad. Mm-hmm. And they have no differentiated sense of I exist and she exists, mm. right? If Jessica is the mother and there's this little baby, the baby's just like, ah, the meanest. Mm. And so there's this weird frustration for mm-hmm. them of like, if I, me, am feeling discomfort, mm-hmm. why isn't she, me, instantly making that go yeah and that's kind of aggravating right that's Mm -hmm. why we get all this yelling Mm -hmm. because there's it's just the the meanness Mm -hmm. is not fixing this thing of discomfort yeah and um and it's almost like a little a little oyster with the sand in there that's about to make the pearl Mm -hmm. if the pearl was oh i have a self i'm me this little nugget of discomfort of like i'm physically uncomfortable but I don't even know that I have this body, Mm -hmm. right? Like the frustration and the rub Mm -hmm. between like my expectations, which are I should be in perfect comfort all the time and I'm not in perfect comfort all the time and she won't make me perfectly comfortable all the time. Like that agitation. Mm -hmm. And if you're not watching, I'm like, this sound is me like rubbing Mm -hmm. this friction together. That's a big part of what leads to this realization that like, oh, I exist in a body as a matter of fact, me, I'm over here in this body 
she's over there in that body. We're not the same. I'm me. Oh, I'm going to have to comfort me. I'm going to have to figure out how to tolerate a reasonable amount of frustration. It's kind of frustrating to exist in a body. Mm. She doesn't perfectly take away all that frustration all the time. So I'm going to have to start to grow into agency and power and personness and selfness, yeah. right? Like that, the aggravating nature in, in psychoanalysis, they call it aggression, which is like a, a little bit more of an intense word for us to be using. Sure. But, but that feeling of like, ah, that you see babies have, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's super They have necessary. it even while their parent is trying to comfort them. Totally. Like, they have freak out nights or yes. something, gassy bellies, mm-hmm. colic, all kinds yeah. of things. Until and the, the mom sensation is like, goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying so hard. Yeah. yeah. So And so, so her failing to yeah. do it is a really important part of the process. So that's interesting. So then that would mean it's good. Like mm-hmm. what you're doing when you feel frazzled in motherhood, like I can't fix this baby's discomfort mm-hmm. and I'm trying everything. Yeah. It's actually good. Yeah. But but then I'm just asking you this, but then like, I guess the assumption, like you wouldn't obviously then be like, well, I can't fix it anyway. So just let them cry because the crying is good. It's not just that the crying is good. It's like the mom is trying. Yes. It's still not working. So somehow we're together, but yep. we're separate. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. So part of um, a few episodes back, we talked to Dr. Sam Rader, mm-hmm. right? And she she touched on this a little bit. A lot of what she explained to us comes from this same kind of field of thought. It's called object okay. relations theory. Okay. That's who Donald Winnicott is one of the founders of that. The cycle that needs to be happening. I'm going to use the word. This is just like a trigger warning. I'm going to use the word fail here. Yeah. And I'm using it in a very specific context. So listen closely. Mm-hmm. The important thing is this cycle of the child cries out because they don't like the thing. They don't like the feeling that's happening, the sensation. There's discomfort. The mother attempts to solve it, and she only does get that right about a third of the time, Mm -hmm. approximately a third of the time. Those other times, the baby feels the adult fail, quote unquote, to perfectly meet their expectations. Mm -hmm. And that gap between the baby's expectations and the mother's ability to meet it like perfect head on hit the bullseye in that gap essentially that's where the separate sense of self forms that's really important and so you've kind of jumped us ahead to like the surprise ending which is that (laughs) the good enough mother about three out of ten about a third of the time hits the nail on the head is better for development than the perfect mother. If you were to perfectly meet a child's expectations, a baby, right? We're talking about infants. Yeah. Super unreasonable. Couldn't be reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Don't know how to reason. Totally mm-hmm. under-resourced to figure things out in the world. They mm-hmm. just got here. Yeah. So their expectations are absurd, right? <laughs> they want you to feel their sensation and then delete it. Mm-hmm. That's not real. <laughs> right. If you were to achieve that for mm-hmm. them. Every time they have a sensation they don't like, there you are, boom, gone, sensation, yeah. gone. Yeah. They don't have a reason or even the ability to differentiate from you. They mm-hmm. keep kind of believing that you are kind of the same mm-hmm. and they don't develop the thing inside that says, oh, I guess I need to learn how to self-soothe. I mm-hmm. need to internalize this parent mm-hmm. for myself Coping, and yeah. therefore become my own. That's right. Not not my own parent in the sense that I delete my parent, mm-hmm. but like really ultimately just like to quickly zoom out and do another little spoiler here. Like children 
take from you and their mm-hmm. super early experiences. We, I took from my mm-hmm. parents and mm-hmm. super early experiences, kind of a mental psychological model of how the world works and mm-hmm. how things relate. Yeah. And I took these two adults whose job it was to take care of me and in that show me how it works. Mm-hmm. And I put them into a mental model inside myself. Mm-hmm. And those two people are the model from which I parent myself, right? Mm-hmm. I'm an adult who experiences a thing and responds to myself pretty much based on the ways that these adults responded to me. That's why we talk about wow. reparenting. Wow. It's also why even if you and I work out a really functional relationship with our literal physical mom, these women who exist, yeah. we still have to work out our relationship with this internalized parent that we have too. So even if I get things all fixed and nice and going flowing really well with my literal physical Mm -hmm. mom, woman person, Mm -hmm. I still got to go inside and do that reparenting in order to not correct the child, but correct the parent Mm -hmm. that I have inside. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and that's also why siblings experience things, their experience of their childhood. Jess just met my brother. So we were just talking about this and like, they feel they have such a radically different yeah. view and experience of my mom. Like yeah, my yeah. littlest brother is almost five years younger than me. And so I was already past the three-year-old point. I already did all this zero to three. And I was almost all the way to five where your brain like really feels like it has this mental model before he was even alive. He doesn't mm. even know the mother who I who have internalized. You. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And I was kind of done already yeah, by the yeah. time she even started yeah. with him. Interesting. So, so we get these inside models of stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you are right, if you're this mother who's mm-hmm. like every time there's a negative sensation and you're able to just like bang yeah. right on it, gone then you got this little Mm -hmm. kid Mm -hmm. who has this expectation Mm -hmm. inside of the world and therefore kind of of themselves too, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If they're now starting to take on some of that authority and some of that responsibility for caring for themselves, that when there's a sensation, it should be able either by the environment or by themselves to be completely taken away. Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel frustration. That should be gone. It's very confusing. Yeah, yeah. Very confusing. And also it does funky things mm-hmm. to your literal relationship mm-hmm. as an adult and it sets and them the up, child. It sets them up badly mm-hmm. as there's a, there's a person in my life who is very, very successful and wealthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, in his twenties was married and they struggled a lot and he had access to a lot of support. Anyway, at some point they did a scan of his brain and his brain looked like the brain of like uh, an adolescent, basically. Like oh, basically what they could figure out was like where did development not continue. Yeah. And what they concluded was around that time is when a lot of wealth came into their life. Wow. And so essentially every discomfort was removed yeah. because they could afford to remove it yeah. in all kinds of ways. And – then as this person got older and then wanted to enter into like a marriage, which is so requires two adults to really function well yeah. if you're going to have a healthy marriage. It has a lot of friction. You, yes. you are so close to someone yes. that you bump up against them really yes. constantly. And now you have someone who's like, really? Like you're going to cope like that? Like that doesn't seem good for you. Or, like, you know, yeah. you find you have a, like a mirror to be like, oh. And yeah, it basically took going back and being like, okay, well then how do you learn now what you would have learned at that age Mm -hmm. about coping, about 
persevering, mm-hmm. about working through something that's really uncomfortable yeah. and not just immediately going to something that will numb you. Yeah. Um, the, the amazing thing is this person has done that and oh, is doing really wow. well. But it was super interesting for me to understand that that's a very real thing. Like we kind of talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I can make it, it's almost like a theory. Like, well, yeah, theoretically, oh, you'll yeah. just stop developing. Arrested development is a show. Yeah. But it's not a show. Yeah. It's a r- it's very real, real term yeah. where development becomes mm-hmm. arrested, stop. which is to stop something. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So it's interesting as you're talking. I'm like, yeah, this is so real because here mm-hmm. a parent, especially a parent with resources to meet the child's every single need, mm-hmm. would feel so inclined by love to do that. Yeah. But then you could actually set the kid up to not be able to have functional functional mm-hmm. is that the right word totally yeah like adult relationships because yes. they don't know how to parent themselves but also their relationship with themselves yes is really impaired yes. mm-hmm. because it's this idea that i should be able to make mm-hmm. it so that i never feel bad yeah and um a lot of life is mm-hmm. low grade mm-hmm. not that comfortable right right oh my shoes are tight bras mm-hmm. are not that comfy right I have to wear them because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm uncomfortable in this other yeah. way, right? Like just like very simple, <laughs> right, right? Like things are uncomfortable. It's not that cozy yeah. to be in a body, yeah. And it's not that cozy yeah. to be next to other people. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's like really worth it, and it's totally. really it benefits you so much, and it's uh, it's wonderful to be mm-hmm. here. I'm so happy that I have a body that mm-hmm. we don't just float around. I'm so happy that I have other people, yeah, and stuff like that. But yeah. the ability to, um. The ability to be that way, even mm-hmm. even what I'm describing is it's quite efficient, right? Like my brain has accepted that there's a level of low grade discomfort mm-hmm. and that I there are things that are more important to me mm-hmm. than that, right? That's I'm right. more focused on you than I am on, oh, it's a little humid in LA today. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sticky. So my brain is like, well, we don't really care about that part so much. It just pushes it down and I focus and I be with you. Sure. So this like this mother who perfectly meets this child's expectations and again not meets reasonable expectations mm-hmm. but meets the expectations of tiny children mm-hmm. what is happening there is she's taking away the benefits of what they call tolerable frustration or optimal mm-hmm. frustration it's okay. really important when you're little to experience an optimal amount of frustration it tells you your experience is not the central thing in this universe mm-hmm. it's really important it like pulls wow. your ego down to the correct size of like, wow. oh, I am here. I do matter. There is a story around the meanness and it's good. Not, oh, I am the meanness. <laughs> the story wow. is the meanness, yeah. right? Like you have to come up against the full lines of other people, bump up against them and against them and against them and be like, gosh, I guess there's an edge to me and an edge to them. Wow. It's really, really important in order to like have a right-sized ego mm-hmm. and a sense of self and and also to know for sure I'm real. I, mm-hmm. I know I'm here because I've bumped up, bumped up against. I've been held really close yeah. and I've crashed in mm-hmm. and I know like, oh, I exist and that other person exists as a matter of fact and, yeah. and for real. And there's space for me, but there's space for them too. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be able to tolerate certain levels of frustration Mm. in our environment and in our relationships with others and in our relationship with ourselves, like even our own limitations, right? A kid has to learn how to tie their own shoes eventually. If you do it for them forever, first of all, their fingers don't get strong. Mm. And second, they don't learn how to deal with that feeling of like the distance Mm. between what I want to be able to do and what I can't yet do. And then you get people who are like, well, then I'm not going to try and try or do new things. I'm only going to do the things I'm already good at. Yeah. And uh, 
this is a hey personal experience over yeah, here yeah. of like, well, okay, I don't like the feeling. I don't want to know about the distance between what I can do now and what I want to be able to do. So I'm going to stop wanting to be able to do new things. I'm just going to do these few things. Interesting. Right? Because yeah. this relationship to myself is yeah. like, I'm so frustrated and I don't know how to just live through that feeling of frustration. I haven't accepted it or learned how to tolerate it in order to like go do the thing that I want to do of like, yeah, this is frustrating and knowing like, oh, I I live through frustration. So you take away that really important experience, vital. It's essential. Mm -hmm. It's like one of the few essential things is to learn how to tolerate like, oh, this world is frustrating to know what to do in the face of discomfort or struggle. Yeah. That's how you, that's, you have to be able to do that Mm -hmm. in order to like be this kind of animal on earth successfully. Yeah, yeah. But then also what you take away, if you were to even, if even if you could perfectly meet the expectations of your infant or your toddler, mm-hmm. is you take away their opportunity to know their mother in her fullness, to know the whole person who is their mother. Because a whole person actually doesn't have time, isn't actually able to be ever present for all your needs constantly. Like that's not reasonable. In order to do that, you would be suppressing so much about who you are. Mm -hmm. And this child would be actually not allowed to know you because the Mm -hmm. truth of you as a person is that you have real limitations, real normal limitations. Mm -hmm. You also have preferences and needs. Mm -hmm. And sometimes your needs get put over their preferences Mm -hmm. because their needs are met. And so their preferences actually go down below you also getting your needs met, Mm, right? And your preferences are actually like the same level of important. That's just kind of stuff they want and there's kind of stuff you want. And sometimes you get to have just the stuff that you want over just the stuff that they want when everybody's needs are met. And that shows them who you are. Mm -hmm. It models a whole person for them, which is about them, but it also shows them actually the specific you. They don't Mm -hmm. just need a mother. They Mm -hmm. need you. Yeah. And the real you does not exist to meet their every tiny expectation and insistence. The real you exists to live her own life, Mm -hmm. which includes this beautiful part where you get to be with and take care of this little baby and also all the other stuff that (laughs) is you. It's beautiful. So this good enough version of you is actually much, much better Mm -hmm. because it's real. Yeah. And it, it also helps them understand that your life doesn't stop when you become a parent because if your whole existence is like to orbit this child and ensure that they don't have anything missing from their life, then you, where are you? Like who, who's the you inside of that role? There's Mm -hmm. no time to nourish the you that existed before this little one arrived. And then that, also teaches the child that like you have so much life to live until you have a baby and Uh become the one who orbits the child and ensures that Mm -hmm. they never feel anything that Mm -hmm. they don't want to feel. Yeah. Which is amplified if you baby are a girl. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You you have this extra thing Uh where what you're going to become is not just a parent, but the mom. Yeah. Right. Who disappears. Uh Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. It's so interesting. Really good. I have this one other thought about the perfect perfect yeah so that's the the perfect mother in the 
McDonald Winnicott model, right? Okay. We've got this good enough mother versus this perfect mother. And we're saying, let's, let's do the enough good mm-hmm. version. So the other way we talk about it is the, just the perfect, right? It's more the like, oh, there's good enough. And then there's perfect. Mm-hmm. And perfect doesn't exist, right? Mm. And it doesn't exist, not like you can't attain it, but like, we can't even agree on what the fuck that is. Right, exactly. Nobody can. Even yeah. people within the same silos of thought That's about right. parenting right. or about what a woman should be or about yeah. uh, politics or religion or what. Even people who think the same as one and the same-ish sure. as one another about stuff cannot exactly come to a consensus about what would be perfect. So there's this weird inside and outside pressure on we're jumping to women now. We're coming out of the archetype and we're talking about women who are moms to be perfect. And nobody will tell you how to be it Mm -hmm. or what it would even look like for you to get to do that. Nobody ever gets there. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. God, my brain just splintered so many directions, right? Of like, they want you to be all beautiful, like we were talking about before. They want you to be all nurturing. They want you to be Mm -hmm. this. That's where we get these like tropes about like this like Madonna whore Mm -hmm. complex Mm -hmm. of like be this, but also be that, but all the way this, but all the way this. No one will even tell you what to do, even if you wanted to try to do it. It's not real. It doesn't exist. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And the only thing we know about the mom who's perfect is that she's not us. I'm not perfect, but neither are you. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not perfect, but neither am I. Mm-hmm. That's all that we know for sure mm-hmm. about this perfect mother is that she isn't us. Yeah. And so I want to say from out of the 50s, these beautiful people who studied mothers and children mm-hmm. and put the kind of the basis of some of our best psychological understanding, yeah. it's not better to be the perfect mother. Yeah. It's better to be the good enough mother. Yeah. And... If the perfect mother can't ever be us, mm. then uh, her. right, right, that's For not real. Just yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, like, no, that's right. Let's get and, rid of that. And you'll be happier if you don't set your standard at impossible. Yeah. Because then if the standard is impossible, then every night you'll go to bed mm-hmm. thinking of all the ways you blew it, which you actually may still, even yeah. if you have your eyes on good enough. Sure. But you can catch yourself when you do that. I do it all the time mm-hmm. of like, yep, okay, that was not my best work, but here are some things I did well today. Yeah. And then you wake up tomorrow and you practice the way Lane talks about, mm-hmm. which if you haven't listened to the episode about that. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. Is it parenting uh, as a practice? Or we're I all just assume. practicing. Yeah. yeah. I think about that a lot. I was thinking about it on my you. trip this weekend. But just this idea that like there's not an arrival at yeah. this. You just will wake up tomorrow and you'll do more of it and it'll be a beautiful practice. The finish line is not perfection. Mm-hmm. The finish line is good enough and yeah. good enough even is going to change each day based on all that moving pieces mm-hmm. that your life is right yes. now. If you want to be a happy parent – you you cannot be an aspiring perfect parent. You cannot mm-hmm. be a perfectionist and a genuinely happy person right. spoken mm-hmm. as a perfectionist <laughs> who really who really has to catch myself. And thank goodness I have conversations like these where I'm like, oh yeah, no, the standard isn't real. That voice out there that's like, well, if you just be this and that, sexy but not too sexy, yeah. attractive but not too attractive, yeah. like really nurturing but not so nurturing mm-hmm. you know not a helicopter but yep. like definitely right there mm-hmm. ready to mm-hmm. meet their needs mm-hmm. um those voices are loud and confusing yeah. and 
overlapping. Like they contradict each other all the time. Honestly, they're kind of like the baby's demands. Yeah. They're so absurdly immature that they're like, can't you just, I think, be whatever I needed from you to be in that second? In that second, I wanted you to be all the way nurturing. In that second, I didn't want you to be a helicopter. In that second, I wanted you to be sexy. In that second, I wanted you to be soft so I could nestle it. Can you just be what I want now? Can you just Mm -hmm. remove my discomfort? Yeah. You, mother, mm-hmm. in every moment, can you just know what's making me uncomfortable and take it away? Yeah. It's a lot like the yeah. baby one. That's right. Silly. Yeah. It's not silly. reasonable. It's not reasonable and it's not It's not your problem. Yeah. You didn't do that. Yeah. You just be you and do what you can today to be healthy you. Yes. Raising these beautiful children you have and it's good enough and you're very good at it. You're doing a great job. Yep. And yeah, this is this is refreshing. This mm-hmm. is really beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why we called our podcast Very Good Enough mm-hmm. because we believe that very good enough is uh, very good indeed. It's enough. Yeah. Satisfying. Yeah. Cool. Fully. This was great. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I'm so just happy learned to just so much. Chit chat with I you know. again. I love it. <laughs> it's I sometimes find myself when we're doing this, like forgetting that I'm on a podcast. So mm-hmm. like even body language, I'm like, I don't know what I look like right now. I'm yeah. just like sitting taking like, in everything nice you're saying. When we get to just face yeah. each other and have a conversation. Yeah. The conversation is, is rich nice. and they get to be here. Yeah, and I hope love it's that. good for you guys. But honestly, like Yeah, right. Right. I'm just hanging out with my friend listening. Wait. My very smart friend. <laughs> Listening to everything you have to say. Yeah, this is so good. good. Thank you. Good. It's really you. helpful. Yeah. Cool. So everyone's invited to Very Good Mothers Club. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Including me. And I'm not a mom. That's true. <laughs> and that's exactly what we true. learned today. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's invited. You're literally invited to join us in yeah. Very Good Mothers Club. Yeah. We host a call together every fourth Tuesday of the month. It's mm-hmm. become one of my favorite things to mm-hmm. do. Some days there's a bunch of people there oh, and it's super sweet. fun. Some days there's two and yeah. that's also yeah, super yeah. fun. The so intimacy like, of it's really yeah. cool. The level and of personalized inten- attention yeah. is so fun. Yeah. And if you're intimidated at the idea of like joining a call with strangers or Zoom doesn't sound that appealing, that's fair. Just mm-hmm. do it anyway. It, yeah. We will do what we can to minimize any awkwardness on it. And it's a really cool opportunity to feel normal and to feel seen and to talk with really amazing people yeah. about the stuff we all think about and face. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really good. You should come. If you are not in Very Good Mothers Club, our online community, but you want to join our call, there's a way you can um, sign up for the membership, but it's like a free week trial. Did I say that right? Free trial for a yeah. week. Yeah, that's uh-huh. it. Okay. Do that, but do it the week that we have our call. Yes. Then you can jump in. You can meet us. If you don't want to be a part of the membership, then you just got a free call out of it and we loved meeting you. Perfect. But if you love it, and I think you will, then you can taste it, sample it, and then know it's great, and then you can join. <laughs> so that would be awesome. And we would love to know you, and mm-hmm. thanks for everything. If you like this podcast, if you have just arrived, or if you have not done this already, if you would mind hopping on to wherever you listen to the podcast and just dropping some stars, dropping a little review, it's like the number one thing you can do to help other people find the podcast. Having little reviews trickle in over time is like one of the things that podcast platforms use to say like, oh, people like this. We should show it to other people like mm-hmm. them. So telling people in your life and writing a review or just dropping some stars on Spotify, um, those are the biggest ways that you can help spread the podcast. So we would love that so much. Thank you. We're so thankful that you're here. 